Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and I have with me Rita Saloris, the co-founder and CEO of OmniSend, an all-in-one e-commerce marketing platform that growth hacks ROI by leveraging automation, email, and SMS. His company helps businesses reach new customers and engage existing ones effectively through omni-channel marketing. With many top-line employees and 100-plus employees, OmniSend is a fast-growing company. It has found its place in Deloitte's UK Technology Fast 50 2020 and FT1000, Europe's fastest growing companies 2021. Before Omnison, Reedus founded and bootstrapped many successful startups. His passion about empowering SMBs to reach full potential by marketing right. On today's episode, Reedus is going to explain how omnichannel marketing benefits e-commerce brands and how it differs from multi-channel marketing. Before we dive into the conversation, I'd like to take a minute to talk to my listeners. If you're into digital marketing, you know it can be time-consuming and tricky. That's why it's smart to get help from experts who can manage your campaigns for you end-to-end. For fully managed services or expert consultations, you can get in touch with my team. At Shane Barker Consulting, we offer content marketing, influencer marketing, online PR, and product launch assistance at competitive rates. For more information, check out our website at shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com. And now let's talk to Redis again. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. Um, I'll have to tell you guys, I've, I've been doing research in this company for a while, and we've gone back and forth with trying to get together. And, and we have the, we're very fortunate to have Rytus Loris today, the um, the co-founder, right, of OmniSend. Man, we've been chasing yes. you for a little while, my friend. I tell you, we finally were able to connect. You're, you're a busy man. <laughs> yeah, thanks really for inviting. It's a really great pleasure to be uh, at your podcast. Uh, yeah, and thanks for the central. Really Absol- happy to to be here. Absolutely, man. Yeah, we've been uh, like I said, we've been looking at your platform. Actually, have used your platform, and, and it's nothing but good things. And so I was like, okay, we we've got to find out who owns this, and we have to get him on the podcast. So here we are today. Sure. So once again, I appreciate you taking the time. So you know, for people might have heard of OmniSend, and like I said, you guys are a, a. I mean, you know, we were looking at some of the accolades. I was looking at like you guys are one of the fastest growing companies in Europe and just all over. I mean, you guys have really done some phenomenal things in a very short amount of time. Um, and so, for people that don't know you as as one of the, are you you're one of the co-founders, correct? I think you have yes, another yes. co-founder. Yeah. yeah. yeah so we're, as we're a co-founders, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So as a co-founder, so what I wanted to do is just kind of, we always like to get to know um, the owners, right? We want to kind of better understand yourself and where you grew up and the history. And there's always, you know, some, some interesting things that I like to find out about individuals. And so I wanted to start with you and just kind of ask you like, uh, where did you grow up? Where did you, where did you originate from? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm from Lithuania, from Vilnius, where actually I am at the moment as well. So I've been born in, in Vilnius, Lithuania. So it's Northern Europe, pretty, pretty uh, small city in comparison to like global scale at, uh, at those things. And uh, I was kind of uh, fortunately and unfortunately have been uh, born in the Soviet Union at that time. So I'm very happy that this, this, uh, like disgusting country does not exist anymore and we are free and we are happy to to create global businesses and to really like travel a lot and and, and live where we want yeah so i've been born and raised here uh then i spent a little bit of time in london living there for a while and uh, yeah in the past post-covid like a few years before covid actually i was traveling a lot mainly because for the business reasons and for yeah. and for leisure as well as a little like considered traveling as one of my hobbies as well as as a job a part of my job but yeah currently i i stay here with my family i'll tell you man it was a shock for me too because obviously i speak at a lot of events and do a lot of you know keynote speeches and stuff 
And boy, it just, when it came to a halt, it came to a halt. It was one of those things. I was like, wait, I don't have to get on a plane. I don't have to go back. I don't have to like, it was kind of, you tell there was a part of me that like, man, this is kind of crazy. And there's other part of me like, wait, this can be kind of nice too. Wait a second. Like, I don't have to run around and hustle and bustle and do this and do that. And so there was, it was difficult for, there was a few months where I was like, it was really difficult for me not to like, just to be moving and going and jumping on planes and doing things. And then I think there was, I take, I took some solace in, in understanding and saying, hey, now I can really look at my business, right? I mean, I went and looked at expenses. There was a lot of things that I usually would just pay and just go, we just keep going. Mm-hmm. And I kind of said, okay, we got to, I'm going to, this is going to be a little different. Thank goodness my speaking engagements weren't like a, a huge part of my business. I mean, there was, it's a good part, but not, you know, it was nothing to, to debilitate the, the business by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Now we just jumped into webinars and, and doing all remote type stuff. But so how big was your family growing up? Yeah, so I had like one sister I have still. Uh, yeah, so she, she, she's, yeah, she's way younger, seven years uh, younger than myself. So basically it was kind of a long, long kid. Uh, both of my parents are doctors uh, and my sister, she's a doctor now already. Uh, yeah, so I'm one kind of one kid in the family who went the, <laughs> the wrong path. <laughs> into the business into the marketing and all that internet stuff uh but yeah so yeah so basically i was i was kind of as as a little small kid so got all the parents attention and then uh, the sister parent which i really i really uh, loved her a lot and uh, as she was a kid and really took care about about her and i think it trained me a lot of good skills which are really good for for life as well as we you know take care about people yeah, no, it's funny. So my brother is six and a half years younger than me. So kind of the same situation. Yeah, very similar. Like I was kind of the only child. And then all of a sudden, the other one came along. And I was like, Oh, okay, I guess we're have a little competition here. Somebody wants to get mom and dad's attention here. Okay, I'm okay with that. Um, that's funny, but it's, you know, it is, it is nice having a younger brother or sister. But, I think that, that's... but at that age is not that much of a challenge already, because you kind of, at that age, you're more or less uh, like self, like on stable. Your own. you can take care yeah. of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed. Different. Yeah. And you don't need that daddy and mom that much as, as you need it when you're three or two years old. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a funny story. I don't think I've ever told this story. So when my, when my brother was being born, um, I was actually in there. I was in the, in the hospital room and I'm, you know, I'm seven hey, years old wow. and yeah, it was wow. kind of, kind of crazy. Well, my wife or my wife, my, well, my wife is a nurse, but my mom was a nurse is a preemie mm-hmm. baby nurse at that. She's retired now. And so they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll let him in, you know, no big deal. And obviously I'm off to the side and everything. And my mom, I never forget, like I hear her screaming and I'm like, oh God, that doesn't sound good. You know, like I've, I'm seven, so I don't really understand the whole birth thing. And then she, um, and then she goes, oh my God, I think I'm going to die. And then I'm like, oh my God, like I'm seven. So I'm like, I'm like, that wow. is not, I'm like, what do you mean? I go, no, put it back in. I'm yelling, put it back in like the baby, like, no, 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 put uh-huh, the baby uh-huh, back uh-huh. in. Cause I'm assuming that's the solution, right? We just keep the baby, you know, keep my brother in there for maybe another few more months or something until we figure it out and then we can bring him back out. But I remember as a, as a kid, you know, I was just like, Oh my God. And then, you know, later on my mom's like, no, I was fine. But I was like, but you said like, you thought you were going to die. Like I'm like, you know, so anyways, I'm just, if you hear that out there, don't, you know, be careful with seven-year-olds and, and being in the baby, you know, where, where your brother or sister is being born. Cause it can be traumatic, okay. but I'm, I'm, I can, I'm good I, can, I, can, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, uh, being yeah. grown up and really attending, uh, the the old process was not that easy to handle so i can oh, imagine yeah yeah <laughs> I, I should have been prepped a little better before i jumped in there yeah. but um well give us some some obviously being from lithuania like tell us get any interesting facts about about that from when you're growing up anything fun 
Um, yeah, so all the, fun, all the fun. I mean, I'm, I'm really all in history. I love history. So what I like love about Vilnius that it has an entire old town of Vilnius City is the World Heritage Site, UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's not kind of like one building or two buildings, it's entire old town. So wow. it's quite a big one. Yeah, so it's really kind of an uh, open, open yeah, museum. Uh, and I really love spending time in old town. I, I live not, not far away from there. So really, it's really just go to... It's so good to go there and uh, hang out and all the vibe with super narrow streets with all the cafes and all those things. So probably that's a thing which I, I love a lot. And another very interesting fact, which is like quite extraordinary, we have the, the highest density of hot air balloons per capita globally. And that is it's interesting. actually allowed, yeah, up until today, it's allowed to fly with hot air balloons above a city, including city centers. So it's really kind of, very very nice landscape you know and it's really great attraction to to have this hot air balloon flight above a real city not somewhere in, in the rural area or something that sounds amazing like it sounds like i uh, something i see on a postcard you know it's funny so like in eastern europe there's there's a lot of countries that i haven't been out to uh, in that area I, I mean um and now that this the speaking engagements are starting to come back up again i might start pitching some other places internationally I, that's literally what i do is i go and i try to find a country i want to go to and then i tell them hey i'll come out there and speak and you know get them to, to pay for me to come out there and then make a little vacation out of it that's my that's my secret that's not quite a secret anymore because i just told everybody in the world but um but that's awesome but that's a good strategy imagine. That's smart. That's smart. So I definitely, Shane, I can I can help you find some conferences in Lithuania. So definitely, that would be a reason to get. Now to you're here. just now you're just teasing me. You might see me on a hot air balloon here in another few weeks. I'm I'm serious, man. I'd come out there in a hot second. Any any invite any any time I get to go to another country and and go and be able to enjoy the food and the people and the culture, um, I will pack my bag tomorrow. I, especially because of COVID, you know, I'm I'm like itching to get out. You know, it's like one of those things. It's like anytime anybody wants to go anywhere that's outside of my house. So, you know, obviously with masks and all the other fun stuff, I'm like, let's let, let's do it. So that's I awesome. And so, yeah, yeah, right. What um, and then where do you currently live? Are you you're currently living there in the same city, huh? Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Living and and you know, it's just the the, the although the business is global and and before again before COVID, I used to spend like uh, more than a half of my time being somewhere. So a lot of a lot of days and nights in the hotels and Airbnb places, etc. I really enjoyed that that a lot and uh, that's that's probably one of the things which I really enjoy in 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 twenty first century that the 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 world just became so small and you can you can be anywhere like next day and, and there are no limitations for that of course i mean for for the body process probably physically it's not the easiest way to do to live because yeah. like all, all those time zone differences and all the jet lags and all the, the the things for the body but yeah emotionally that was one of the great things and you know uh one what kind of i miss a lot now actually the the action of flying the same moment of flying mm. that uh I kind of I found out that I I'm so productive in planes, especially yeah. long haul flights. You have like 12 hours when you are just with yourself, and although you are surrounded by many people, but you just don't care about those people. You see them for first and the last time, and it was so like blast of productivity. You know, reading things, all the good ideas coming on flights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's that's one of the things which I miss, like which is like really business related things. It is it is incredible, I'm, and I'm with you on that. That is my time for to listen to a book because you know if not, I've got Slack messages going off, I've got you know phone text messages, and when I'm up there. 
Um, if the internet is not good, which most of the time it's not, it's kind of a blessing in disguise, man. I can then do my book. I can, I go and I, you know, if you looked at my desktop, I have tons of files and this, that, I organize that. I get things all kind of like a reset. It kind of gives me a chance to get mm-hmm. away from the real world get some things done and then head back. I mean, I, I actually just went to Orlando this last weekend and it was like, I was on the plane. I was like, man, I haven't been on one of these in a little while. It's been a little bit, you know? And I was like, like, you know, going back, I was like, it's kind of nice, you know, not too bad. Of course, except you got to wear a mask, which it's, you know, a little difficult to breathe, but I mean, who needs to breathe? You know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, But you know what I do? I I actually, I never connect to Wi-Fi on the flight. I just like, give that time for me to be offline and like intentionally, yeah, even though sometimes it's like free of charge, et cetera, does it, does it matter? I never find, find Wi-Fi, I never connect I, to that. So I think it's a good way to go because it's, it's your, mm-hmm. your time to like, just kind of disconnect, which is needed. Right. I mean, you don't always have to be mm-hmm. connected. I, I always tell people like, you know, especially recently in the last you know year, I would say, I say, listen, I, I realize I'm not a, I'm not a brain surgeon. Like nobody's going to die if I'm offline for eight hours. Not that I know of. I don't think anybody's died from me not answering a Slack message. <laughs> Right. That exactly. I know of once again, I'm not sure, but um, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's the time just to kind of hang out. I, I actually sometimes plan trips to where I don't have internet, you know, or I think mm-hmm. my wife was the one that started that. She's like, yeah, there's no internet. I'm like, no, wouldn't mean no internet, like no internet. Like we don't get internet. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And at first I was like, you know, panicky. I was outside and my phone in the air and trying to get any kind of cell reception. And then I was like, you know what, actually, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing. And I've put a lot of processes in place. So I'm not as needed as much. Um, which has been something else that I've learned over the last probably few years of just, you know, being able to still be productive and, and have people in place to be able to make those decisions for you. So you don't always have to be around, but um, so where did you, where did you go to college? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. There's, there's one hotel or like resort, more resort here in Lithuania, which offers like special offer, like offline escape. And basically you lock in the, you lock your phone in a safe deposit box and they just don't give you back for an entire weekend. That is awesome, man. <laughs> and that people is, that is pay extra money for this service, you know, just to keep their phone locked and and not uh, not allow them to serve back to online. Yeah, that that's awesome. actually like highly needed. And and yeah, I try now in, in this COVID situation, sometimes artificially make this thing happen. Myself. That is great. They do like, like, listen, we'll go ahead and for an extra charge, we'll hide your phone from you. Like that, yeah. that would be great. That is so awesome. That's when you know you're addicted to your phone when they're like, we're going to slap that out of your yeah. hand and we're going to take it from you. You're like, thank you so much. Here's some extra money. Yeah. Why not? Right. Who knew? Um, so where did, where did you go to college at? Yeah, so it's Vilnius University. And actually I have graduated political sciences. So uh, nothing like very common to what I do now. So basically now it's, it's business and uh, business. So what, what is business? So it's finance. And I would say it's, it's management. So people management and uh, psychology at some extent. And of course, marketing is the field which we're serving is marketing. So e-commerce and, and marketing. So all those things. So basically I, I'm a self-learner of all those fields, but since the, I was 21, I believe, yeah, I just dived into business. And since then I'm 38 now. So since then I was running one another company, never was employed as an employee in any company. So that's where I kind of learned uh, most of the things. And actually, I, I have never been learning in a more formal education, either like in school or in college. Then I, I am still learning, I believe will be learning every every year, every every month, every day. So book book reading and learning from peers, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm a strong believer in lifelong learning, and that's the most important. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm the same way. I I you know I've said this before. My what I learned in college, I use 
1% of that, if that, right? I mean, for me, it was all jumping in and, you know, getting my, getting my hands dirty and doing, really doing it and then understanding how to do it and then hiring people that are better at it than I am, right? And so that's really exactly. kind of the goal is to find people, those, those individuals that are smarter than me, which is not too hard, I found out. It just takes a few interviews and I get all kinds of people smarter than me. It's awesome. So <laughs> what, was your, what was your first job out of college? Yeah, so that was um, actually the job which is, would not be relevant at this time. Uh, the reason why, because we have smartphones. At that time, there were feature phones when you can upload your own polyphonic melody or color for screensaver. And that was the thing, you know, because yeah. phones, mobile phones or cell phones were just uh, black, black screens, etc. And they appeared the color ones with like 256 pixels of something like this, like very, very big. Yeah, so we were just creating those melodies and those screensavers and, and allowing people to download them via text message for, for one buck, you know, and that, that was the initial business. But, but it's a great example how dynamic actually the market is and the world is, and actually that was business at that time. And I mean, today nobody needs it and yeah it disappeared yeah. basically in like three or four years after it just it just it was boomed big. and then yeah in few in yeah. few years in few years nobody needed it because uh the smartphones has disrupted the industry yeah i remember when that took off it was huge i remember the dollar yeah, i remember was. you could for a dollar you're like oh this is a oh. great deal you know this is amazing mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you have iphones that can pretty much do anything right at this point um, people even forget that they're phones at a certain point. You're like, you know, that's a phone too, right? Like, what? Who knew? When does it make phone calls? You're like, yeah, it's amazing. I know. Who knew? Who knew? So I, what I want to talk about next is really um, that journey, right? I mean, you guys, you originally started off at, at, at a company called Soundist. Isn't that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that's so you correct. did yeah. Soundist and you did that in 2014. And then in 2017, you guys did uh, OmniSyn, obviously, because of the omni-channel marketing automation, right? That's what you guys had, had really, yeah, you know, right. excelled at that. And so that was, and that was what, what we're looking at. I mean, that was almost five years ago. Um, so you guys have been probably one of the original companies that I would, that I know of that, like I said, jumped into the omni-channel marketing mm -hmm. side of things. So I'd like to kind of, kind of pick your brain about that a little bit. And so, um, so how did you guys, I mean, what is that story behind OmniSyn? Like, how did you guys come up with the idea to start OmniSyn? Yeah, so look, sound is at the time is yeah, you are you are really well prepared on this. So thanks for that. So uh, yeah, sound is at the time was a digital marketing agency, basically operating uh, regionally, and uh, that's how I met my co-founder. Actually, he was my customer at that time. So there was an initial like service provider and customer relationship, and uh, we we met. So he he had a integrated communication agency, and basically they they kind of. We're winning like all the holistic projects and outsourcing like digital part of that to to our agency, etc. That's how that's how we met, and um, that's what we united as is really like the global ambition, and we understood that okay, that's something that, that should be a product we want to build. We just don't want to sell hours as as the agency does. You just sell human hours, and that, that's mm -hmm. you have like very clear limitations where you can grow, and uh, and uh, yeah, so. What, what we found that we had some customers who were e-commerce businesses at that point, at that, uh, at that time. And, uh, and we found out that, okay, at that time, there were like MailChimp, Constant Contact, only those generic uh, email service providers. Mm -hmm. And we saw that, okay, uh, e-commerce uh, businesses, they do have a unique opportunity to better personalize and better automate their 
their marketing because we do have way more data about their customers. And the entire customer journey more or less starts and till the conversion and till the repeated conversion is happening online. So it's more or less trackable, all of it. And uh, it's it's more or less like, you know, attributable and all those things, which which uh, people digital uh, brings to you. So that's that's what we saw and we thought, we thought, okay, so we should be bringing to the market like that easy to use uh, email service dedicated for e-commerce. So from email, it's really evaluated uh, like, uh, like evolution was from email to to marketing, uh, omni-channel marketing automation. So all the other channels, text messages, web push notifications. At some point, we had even Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp. Uh, we discontinued supporting those channels. We can talk about it later if you want. But uh, yeah, and then from just bulk campaigns to automation, the only thing which has never changed is really e-commerce. Our strong belief in e-commerce as a future of uh, commerce, of retail, of future how do uh, people interact with brands and, and uh, how do we purchase things? How do we consume things? We strongly believed since the very beginning and we continue believing and like recent couple of years really proves that it's just booming. So that, that we are just, you know, at the, still at the beginning of a disruption and the fully, full digitalization of, of retail. So it's happening now. Yeah, I think COVID... COVID accelerated that for a lot of people. You know, I do a lot of consulting work for the Small Business Administration to help businesses. And there's so many of those businesses that were like, oh, we're going to go online one day or we got a website. We haven't, you know, changed it in five years. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and it's like, oh, shoot, we're behind. We need to get this thing going. Um, and so it's it's funny. So we talk about omni-channel um, and then there's also multi-channel marketing. Like, what is the difference? I know I've had people, I've written articles about it, but I, I want to get your definition. What's the difference between omni-channel and multi-channel? So basically, it's kind of like uh, the, the main the main point, which the main distinction here is a multi-channel, then you just use different channels, let's say email, SMS, push notifications. So let's use those three channels, but basically you do not put them on a single flow. You do not synchronize your actions and you just use them separately and that's fine. And a lot of businesses are still doing this. But what does that mean? That chain start getting like uh, communication through different channels and it's not coordinated. On the channel, then you have those different channels uh, within the single flow. And just an example, yeah, we have a trigger that chain has abundant his shopping cart and we send email first. If email is being ignored, it's not being opened, maybe uh, however you said, it's not being opened or not, not being uh, like returned and then completed the transaction, etc. Then you follow up with, let's say, push notifications. Then you can follow up with, with uh, text message, etc. So basically, instead of overwhelming your customers with too much of a communication, which usually happens with multi-channel, because mm-hmm. you just don't synchronize those channels. So on the channel, then you put all those different channels on the one logic on one single flow. And you can go further. Let's say you can synchronize uh, with your Google and Facebook ads to only then initiate your uh, remarketing campaigns, retargeting campaigns, which is the most uh, like, uh, expensive for you as a business. And then why should you waste your money if your customer is reacting, let's say, to the, the most cost-effective channels in email? Yeah, I mean, the issue with multi-channel is, I mean, really, you're just the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing, right? Yeah, and so exactly. that's that's the issue. It's like, you know, which is, you know, is, is great in some situations, but not when it comes to marketing. Like, you want to know if somebody came in through this channel, you want to send them this message over here. And they're like, well, I just inquired with you 24 hours through this channel. 
Um, and obviously that's going to be continuously be an issue if businesses aren't looking at that and saying, hey, you know, I need to once again have my messaging all under one thing so I can see the full picture, which I think is beneficial. So is why would you think with like, let's say subscribers? So what's one of the things which we're really trying to, to bring to the market that definition of subs- subscribers should should change we still have once we talk subscriber a lot of businesses a lot of have in mind email subscribers but actually the subscriber is the person who actually gave you uh, permission to communicate with any of those channels which could be like very different channels and the person could unsubscribe from, from let's say email but subscribe to web push notifications and you that means you didn't lose the customer which if you use like a multi-channel approach you you say okay i lost once email subscriber and i gained another but actually it's exactly the same person and then you lose the the the, 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 the history you cannot personalize that well message is sent to, to the person yeah and only channel of... allows to avoid all of this yeah yeah, I mean, that's, there's all kinds of value in that. So, what for in regards to omni-channel marketing, what do you think? Why is it important for e-commerce businesses? Because I know you guys have what, like fifty thousand businesses that are on the platform. So obviously, you guys know about it. Um, what would you? What, I mean, what is your? Why? Why should e-commerce businesses have omni-channel marketing? Yeah, so I would say kind of like email is a standard, and I would say all of our e-commerce businesses are using already email. So uh, adding other channels is really augmenting. Uh, augmenting your marketing and what what does that mean that it's really increasing your uh, revenue it just it's very easy way to grow your revenue to do a better retention marketing as all of us know that retention marketing is way cheaper than acquisition and it's 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 a great way really to utilize your existing customers base better once you are sending like more relevant messages through the channels your customers prefer and uh, to to communicate with you as a brand or you as a, as a store. And basically, so it's just super easy way to, to increase your sales. So basically you should be doing that because you're still leaving some uh, money on the table. Thanks, Ritas. That was an awesome conversation. I'm now sure that my listeners understand why omni-channel marketing scores over multi-channel marketing, especially for e-commerce brands. For my listeners, thanks for tuning in today. But we have a lot more coming up. On my next episode, Redis will focus on the mechanics of email and SMS marketing for e-commerce. So don't forget to tune in to the Marketing Growth Podcast.